welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the third part in our series called Revolutionary, with a conversation being led by lead pastor Yukon Chu. Well, we are going to continue with our discussion here, our time here together um, as a spiritual community to engage, like I said, with the spiritual journey that God has invited us on. As we noted, we believe this is an important part of the holistic transformation of our own lives and also of our city. And today, we are going to continue on with a discussion that we started a few weeks ago, a discussion called Revolutionary. Um, We said we wanted to engage in this series because we believe that this topic of revolutions is very important to us today. For us personally, many of us want to see change in our lives. Many of us want to see something different happen in our own lives. And as we look around in our society, we believe that a change needs to happen as well. But the question is, what kind of change, what kind of quote-unquote revolution do we really want to see, do we really long for? And so the last couple of weeks, we've actually been taking sort of a high-level view, maybe a more like intangible perspective on talking about this issue of revolution. We've talked about the need to have a more complete spirituality for a true revolution to happen. We've talked about the role of having the right ruler or leader or master in our lives in order for a revolution to happen. In fact, we talked about how oftentimes revolutions happen, whenever revolutions happen, you know, there's a change in ruler, there's a change in authority, there's a change in who is in control. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been focused in on those topics, and they're somewhat intangible, let's be honest. They're somewhat kind of out there, maybe existential even, like, wow, what does this really mean for me? Today, we're going to take a, a pause from that kind of discussion and think much more concretely, much more tangibly today. And we're doing this because today we are joining in with hundreds of other faith communities all around the country to talk about modern day slavery and how Jesus and his movement changes modern day slavery. We're actually joining with an organization called the International Justice Mission, which is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world, founded by a follower of Jesus who is convinced by Jesus that this was needed. And so we're going to join in with them on this conversation today. Now, many of us are probably familiar with the idea that Jesus is against oppression, or that Jesus is against slavery. Jesus is here to free us holistically from all sorts of things, including slavery. Now, historically, of course, many of us are also aware that this has not always been what Jesus' followers have engaged in. Slavery, unfortunately, has happened at the hands of those who profess to follow Jesus. But... 
nonetheless, we see very clearly in the teachings of Jesus that this was something and is continually something that is close to his heart. In fact, turn with me, if you will, or look at this, if you will, um, look at the excerpt we have here today on your tables. It's an excerpt that comes from the teachings of Jesus himself. In fact, it's the inaugural teaching of Jesus that explains to people why Jesus is here. And in this, it's very clear that he is about, quote-unquote, freedom. He's, he's very clear, clearly about freedom from injustice and oppression. And so we're going to read through this passage here this morning in two ways. We're going to actually invite Danielle to come up. We're going to read through it in Korean, first of all, um, and then we're going to read through it in English. We do this here at Ethnos because we believe it's helpful for us to engage with God in our ethnic identity, with our ethnic heritage. God is a God of all people. And so we sing in different songs. We read scriptures in different songs. Uh, let's invite up Danielle, and she'll read first in Korean, and then we'll read in English. Luke 4:16-21. 전하게 하시려고 나를 택하여 보내셨다. 그가 나를 그가 나를 보내신 것은 마음 상한 자를 고치고 포로에게 자유를 선포하며 눈먼 사람을 다시 눈먼 사람을 다시 보게 하고 짓눌린 사람을 풀어주며 주께서 은혜 베푸실 때를 전파하도록 하기 위해서이다. 예수님이 그 책을 덮어 해당 직원에게 되돌려 주고 앉으시가, 앉으시자 그곳에 모였던 사람들의 눈기, 눈길이 다 예수님에게로 쏠려, 쏠렸다. 그때 예수님은 그들에게 이제 읽은 성경 말씀이 오늘날 나, 너희에게 이루어졌다. 하고 말씀하셨다. And he came to Nazareth, where he... Jesus, had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled it and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I want you to turn to your neighbors really quickly and just share briefly for the next two minutes what strikes you about what Jesus is saying here. Can you turn to your neighbors real quick? Two minutes, real fast. What, what strikes you about what Jesus is saying here? So what are some things we're noticing here 
about Jesus and what he is about? What are some things that, are, that strike us as interesting and worth reflecting on about Jesus? Who would like to share with our crowd here this morning? Anybody? There's a lot of people here this morning, yeah, and so you might be a little nervous. But anyone want to share what, what strikes them? Yeah. So our um, observation was that maybe sometimes you read this in a very spiritual way, um, you know, being set free and maybe from worshiping idols and these kinds of things. But perhaps he's also talking very concretely about, you know, uh, oppression and being poor. And as a second point, um, we uh, observe that this is actually, he says this is fulfilled already in them hearing, which was way before Jesus even went to the cross and was resurrected. So in other words, before um, the good news of the gospel of the, the, the life of Jesus that he gave on the cross and did this very deep spiritual work, this already started. So this started with his life and with his teaching and, uh, and then the character and who he was. That's a great observation. Yeah, some of you uh, who maybe have grown up uh, in this context or maybe recently uh, heard about Jesus and his sort of work that he does in our world or he did in our world uh, may think very quickly that, oh, this is all about something spiritual that happens. And, and Dom, you rightly note that uh, perhaps there's something more and perhaps there's something even more because of the timing of this announcement. So thank you for that. Other thoughts and reflections on what is happening here? Anybody else? So I, I, think, I think that's a great uh, segue, Dom, into what we're going to be reflecting on together here. It is true that this uh, is a statement here that is not just about spiritual matters, but definitely about real physical, uh, political, uh, societal oppression that happens in our world, both in Jesus' time in our time today. And this is clear not just from this excerpt, but really from the whole teaching and the whole scriptures of Jesus. We see very clearly that Jesus was and is about holistic transformation, holistic change, a holistic revolution that is meant to happen in our world, where oppressors are rid of and where freedom in every sense of the word comes into our world. You see this, again, in the next scripture excerpt that's on your sheet, and you see that not only is this something, you know, that is supposed to happen, what we'll see in the next excerpt is that this is something that Jesus expects of his followers to engage in as well. Notice how it's written, the second excerpt. This was written actually before Jesus' time, but written to the people of God and so it applies to us today as we continue to follow God through Jesus. This is meant for all of us who seek to follow God. Notice what it says. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Notice those verbs, those actions that are here in this excerpt. These are actions we're supposed to engage in. Learn, seek things out, defend, take up the cause. This is something that God and Jesus expect us to actually engage in. Now, of course, as we think about this, 
idea, this idea that we should be engaging in this, I think it's rather overwhelming to begin to process how we might be, you know, actually doing this in our own lives. Many of us perhaps have thought about this already, but I think for many of us, on the other side, we, this is a great ideal, but how do you actually get it done tangibly? Fast forward some 2,000 years to the present, in our day and age, this is why the work of IJM, this organization that's sponsoring what we're calling Freedom Sunday here, this is why the work of IJM was started. As I mentioned earlier, it was started by an individual who actually uh, worked for the Department of Justice. Uh, his name was Gary Howen, and he was the lead investigator into the Rwandan genocide in the 90s. As he was investigating that on behalf of the United States and United Nations, he realized in his journey that, wow, I am a follower of Jesus. Here is this massive, massive wrong that is committed, has been committed in our world. And I'm struggling to not only personally understand how my faith applies to this, but I'm seeing this huge disconnect in how people of faith, people who claim to follow God and Jesus, are unaware and unengaged with this massive atrocity. And so he began to research and investigate and eventually started this organization called International Justice Mission. A couple of facts with International Justice Mission that you should be aware of. First of all, in our world, there are over 45 million slaves today, in our world today. And so this is obviously a big issue. One in four slaves are children. As IJM has engaged in their work, uh, they have become, next slide please, the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. And through their work, what they've done is pretty stunning, just in the last uh, 15 or so years, I believe. They've rescued more than 32,000 individuals in slavery, and their reach has had over 21 million people um, affected by their work. Now, the question is, of course, well, what do they do? I mean, how do they practically live out what we've heard here, what we've read here? If you look at some of the brochures you have on your table, and, and we'll engage with some of the other um, resources available too, but take a look at the screen. This is found in their website, and I think this is pretty insightful. I, I, I share this with us, not necessarily to say, oh, we all have to do this, or oh, we should all get involved with International Justice Mission, but I share this to give you, give us an example of how somebody wrestled hard, thought hard, researched, learned to do what's right, right? This text says, learn to do what's right. This person thought hard, researched, practiced, learned how to solve this dilemma in front of him. And I think it can inspire us, it can help us think through how we might see the injustices in our world and learn to do this as well. But notice what they do here. Just, and I'll, I'll just read through this. This is pretty simple. They partner, first of all, with local justice systems to help victims of violence and oppression. They do this in four ways, through rescue, restoration, restraining people, and representing people in the court of law. 
As they do this, they identify the weaknesses in the justice system, and then they work together with those justice systems in the world to strengthen the system and then help essentially make the system healthy so that they can help prevent this further from happening in that region and area. So just to give you an example, my brother actually worked for IJM for about two years in Mumbai, India. And in India, what he did, he wasn't a lawyer. He was actually a business consultant. He worked for PricewaterCoopers before uh, joining International Justice Mission. And what he did as part of the system, as part of this kind of, you know, this methodology, he was in charge of taking care of the aftercare system, right? So you can imagine that people are rescued, but after they're rescued from an oppressive place, they need to go through quite a bit to get restored in order to enter back into society. So he worked on the restoration part. Uh, for specifically children of sex trafficking in Mumbai, India. Now, again, why are we talking about this? Why are we getting into this detail? The point, the hope, is for us to begin to think about how we might engage practically in this sort of restoration, in this sort of justice, in this sort of freedom. I want to show a brief video uh, of... IJM's discussion on this. Uh, we actually had like four videos to show or three videos to show. Uh, two of them did not make it or weren't working properly. And so we've had to adjust. Thank you for this adjustment, by the way. Uh, this is not what we were planning, but we do have one video to show you. And hopefully this will just give you an idea of where IJM hopes to continue to work and where maybe more practically then we can engage in the work of IJM here. And so uh, we all know the Good Samaritan story. Two other people walked past this man who was hurt and wounded. There was one person who stopped, picked him up, and paid for his care. It didn't take too much, it just required him to stop and actually pay attention that somebody is suffering. Pay attention that somebody is wounded. Now, Jesus talked to us about this parable because he wants us to be like that good Samaritan. You may be removed miles and miles away from where these things are happening, from where the crime of human trafficking or slavery is happening. But you're also very close to the heart of Jesus. He wants to extend his kingdom on this earth. And he doesn't just come from heaven and do it himself. He uses people like you and I. He uses us as his instruments. He uses our abilities to extend his kingdom. Do you want to be someone who stopped and decided, no, this is, this is wrong. It cannot happen on my watch. It cannot happen in my time. And so the invitation is open. If you are watching this, it is because you woke up this morning and made the choice to get here. And when you leave this place, you take it with you. Right now, there are more than 45 million people around the world still bound in slavery, and that number is growing. IJM has a model that works, but we can't do more unless we have more help. 
So we are asking believers from around the world to take action and take us with you too. We call them Freedom Partners. When you become a Freedom Partner, you join a community that is actively praying, advocating, and spreading the word to get more people involved. By giving $24 a month or more, we can grow our global mission to find, rescue, and renew lives. Because lack of resources should never be the reason why we didn't end slavery. Do you want to be one of them who walked past? Or do you want to be someone who stopped and decided, no, this is wrong. It cannot happen on my watch. It cannot happen in my time. And so the invitation is open. Join us and become a Freedom Partner today. All right. So... I appreciate this video. I appreciate what IJM is doing. I think it's important for us to engage in this very important subject of human slavery today. But really, the bigger issue is of justice and oppression all around the world in all sorts of different ways. And for many of us, we don't have to go and think about something happening hundreds and thousands of miles away in order to really confront the issue of injustice and oppression. Uh, I think we've highlighted many a time here, right here in New Brunswick, this is happening right now. Uh, people are bound in unjust situations, in work situations. People are bound in unjust uh, sexual situations, uh, forced prostitution. That actually happens right here in New Brunswick. It happens in Highland Park. And it's something that we need to be aware of as well. And so I think our invitation here at FMOS today as we reflect with hundreds of other faith communities around the United States on this Freedom Sunday, our hope is for us to learn, right? This, this exhortation, this very first one, learn to do what's right. If it's learning about international justice mission and what they're doing, that's great. That's a great start. You have brochures at your table. You have their website. Learn about this subject, please. But because it's happening right here in our very own city, in our own very own community, I want to encourage us to also learn about our neighborhoods. Learn about our neighbors. Learn about what's happening right here, right now. And you know what, it may seem a little challenging, a little scary, but it can happen. Let me just give you one, one brief example. Yesterday, um, Zaire was at my house, uh, Zaire, because Zaire w went camping with some of the people who went camping, right? Zaire, where are you, Zaire? Zaire's back here. And Zaire was getting picked up by Shakira, Zaire's mom. And it was really interesting because as they were picking them up, one of our neighbors was staring into our house as this was happening. It was kind of interesting. And I was like, why is this person staring into our house? And I asked Shakira, and Shakira's like, oh, I actually know this person. I was like, oh, okay, so they're staring at you because you're walking in our house. I get it, right? So we end up talking. Um, oh, Shakira and them ended up talking. But then I end up talking to this person too. And I just realized, oh, my goodness, here's a person who's moved into my neighborhood about a year ago that we don't know anything about. And... 
What strikes me is that actually I have a feeling that not many people know about this person in our neighborhood because this person in our neighborhood, you know, probably didn't fit the profile of who's supposed to live in my neighborhood in many ways, right? And I realized something that, you know what? This kind of relationship, this kind of awareness, this kind of learning about my own neighborhood is the first step into understanding what the injustices are that happen on my street, what the injustices are that happen in Highland Park, what the injustices are that happen in New Brunswick. And so can I invite us today to engage with with this issue of seeking justice? Not just by donating money, although IJM likes that. They need it. (laughs) It's actually super important. Uh, my, our family donates about $50 a month to IJM because we really believe in the cause. So if you need to do that today, please do that. But look for it right around you, please. Learn your neighborhood. Learn the city. Learn Highland Park because this is actually happening everywhere if we're just willing to learn. Can you join me in a word of prayer this morning as we wrap things up? Thank you, God, for this moment to reflect with hundreds of other faith communities around the United States on the issues of injustice, specifically on slavery, modern slavery today. Help us to better engage what you are trying to do all around this world. Grow us in our understanding of your work here. Lead us into the places, into the relationships, into the situations in our neighborhoods where we can better understand what you're doing and how you invite us to join in. I want to invite us actually to take a look at our handouts again. And at the very bottom is a prayer that I'd like for us to pray together here this morning. If you could join me in reading this prayer aloud. And it says this, Almighty God, who created us in your own image, grant us grace fearlessly to contend against evil and to make no peace with oppression, and that we may reverently use our freedom. Help us to employ it in the maintenance of justice in our communities and among the nations. To the glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.